Thomas Carruthers. I'm Jay Reeve. Jay Reeve is eating. <laughs> um, long live Walter Jameson. We're back to series one. Back to mm-hmm. those early days. Those uh, those early days. Um, this was written. Um, oh, let me get it. I haven't even got it up yet. Um, long live Walter Jameson. Uh, I asked you to describe this, Jay, in, in, in one word, and you said nihilism. You didn't say it like that. Uh, <laughs> nihilism. Uh, this was written by Charles Beaumont. Yeah. Who wrote, uh, again, many episodes of The Twilight Zone. And then in, I think it was series four and five, he had he had many uh, ghosts written. He had, he had his, um, he succumbed to Alzheimer's, I believe. And so he had many people um, writing the episodes based off his ideas. So, oh. yeah. Um, an awful I, lot, actually, in the fourth season. Like, I've never uh, heard of, of episodes being ghostwritten. Have I, have I ever heard? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Charles Bummer was one of the big names of the show, writing-wise. Mm. It was, you know, you had Richard Matheson. So when, it, when, it, when they weren't written by Serling, you had Charles Bowman, Richard Matheson, and Earl Hamner, really, who were, like, the, the people who... Um, and George... Oh, what's his name? George... George something. I, I, I'm a terrible fan. Uh, but beyond like the odd episode here and the, of course, close to 80 written by Serling himself, Beaumont Matheson and Earl Hamner and uh, the guy named George, who I can't remember, um, was, were the main, were the, were the name writers. And of course, these were the main writers of horror and fantasy and sci-fi at the time. Um, and one of these early episodes from Charles Beaumont is Long Live Walter Jameson, which again made my top made my top fifty um, because I think it is a lovely little chamber piece, and and yeah, quite quite dark, and yeah. more than I think a novelty. I think it could have been quite an easy novelty episode of of just. Oh yes, I knew, I knew Plato. Yeah, it could. Uh, you yeah. know, there I can see one of those. I mean, nothing has aged worse in the Twilight Zone than their comedy episodes. Um, they never had, they could never pull off comedy. And I can see like a slightly comedic version of this of like, oh, well, you know, I was talking to Willie about that, about, about oh, you know, he, he, he gives somebody notes on a play. And he's like, well, you know, well, I knew a friend named Willie who was a writer and he would have said something like this. What was that man's name? William. William Shakespeare. And of course, that is an episode called The Bard, where uh, from the fourth series, where somebody brings oh. back Shakespeare to help him write TV scripts. You're um, kidding. Yeah, no, Burt Reynolds is in it. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great. That will not be in our top 50. Whereas this small little chamber piece, really just three, really just well, I mean, quite literally just four actors, mainly mm. two. Kevin McCarthy, um, Kevin McCarthy, Edgar Style, and then later Estelle Winwood and um, Dodie, Dodie Heath as Susanna. 
just this dark little contemplation piece, like just a small chamber piece going through, you know, talking through a concept. Um, and of course, the, what for me get, gets this above that simple premise is that it isn't just that. There is Estelle Winwood who pops in. There is the moments at the beginning. There's lots of little moments that make it for me a larger piece than just two people talking. Um, however, the two people talking are having such a thrilling, interesting conversation. Uh, what did you think of Long Live Walter Jameson, Jay? Um, I thought it was very, very good. Hmm. Yeah. Um, besides the last 20%. But... Um, you didn't like Estelle Winwood. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that later then. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Kevin McCarthy and, and Edgar Style as Professor Walter Jameson and Professor Sam Kittredge. Sam Kittredge is a character in something. Sam Kittredge. Oh, no, I know what it is. It's Mission Impossible. <laughs> and he's just called Kittredge. Or is he called... Is he, is, he, is he not? Is he called Sam Kittredge? Where are you? Where are you? Henry Zarr. Agent Eugene Kittredge. Um, oh, Henry Zarr. I there love Henry Zerny. Um, oh, God, I love that first Mission Impossible. I like all the Mission Impossibles. Are you a Mission Impossible fan, Jay? Um, I, I haven't seen them all. I've only seen the, the one with... Um, oh, God. I'm not doing well with names today. Mm -hmm. um, one second. I've seen the fourth one. Oh, uh, Jeremy Renner and in Dubai and the big tall building. Yes. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, oh, I've seen most of the first one. Mm, very fun. Probably. Uh, and yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the name ah. I was. Yeah, I've seen three. Oh, yeah, the rabbit's foot. Where's the rabbit's foot? Where's the yep. rabbit's foot? <laughs> Ethan, where's the rabbit's foot? Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen all of them, and not in order. So, <laughs> <laughs> interestingly, you've you've watched the Mission Impossible movies like Memento. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Long live Walter Jameson. So this was directed by Anton Leder. Uh, I should always look this up before, and I never do. Did Anton direct any other episodes? Let me get it up. I know I should look these things up, so I never do. Yes, he did. The Midnight Sun, one of the great episodes, oh. um, where the sun is hurtling towards a great, great episode. Um, let's talk about Long Live Walter Jameson then. So you, you enjoyed it for the most part, but then you lost you lost wind when Estelle Winwood showed up. Tommy! Um, yeah. That didn't work for you. <laughs> No. <laughs> Let's so well let before we get there. You're looking at Act One, Scene One of a Nightmare. One not restricted to witching hours of dark, rain-swept nights. Professor Walter Jameson, popular beyond words, who talks of the past as if it were the present, who conjures up the dead as if they were alive. And then he talks a little bit. <laughs> In the view of this man, Professor Samuel Kittredge, Walter Jameson has access to knowledge that couldn't come out of a volume of history but rather from a black book on black magic, which is to say that the nightmare begins at noon. Mm. Um, how long has Kittredge been figuring it out 
don't know. Because like, how long? How long can you? Because they're good friends. Yeah, and future <laughs> father-in-law. Yes. Um. Do you think it's? Do you think it's? He's literally just when he starts courting Susanna. And so now his interest is beyond a friendly thing, and now it's yeah, that of probably. a possessive, uh, caring father. Yeah, it makes sense. And he's like, "Oh, how old is this guy? Mm. You're supposed to be fifty-one." I, I like when he goes, oh, "I'm forty-four. You're f- supposed to be fifty-one. That's a big gap." It's like, <laughs> "Oh, so what? I'm fifty-one. Seven years you got wrong, Walter." Come on, at least, you know, I think I was 49. <laughs> what would your, what would, right, let's talk about immortality, Jay. As a kid, I always wanted to be immortal. That was always my one big wish. I would go to bed at night and pray and wish that I was immortal. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Being immortal must suck. I, but yeah. Everybody is afraid of death. I, th- I, think, I think everyone has that thing as a kid where they're like, I want to be immortal. And then they grow up, and yeah. Let's not get too dark. No. But after losing family members, I cannot even imagine losing any, having to watch an entire generation of mine die and yeah. outlive them. I mean, that is the great, the end of the Green Mile. The great curse that is placed upon Paul Edgecombe is that yep. he will live forever as an old man. Yeah. That is sure. the great curse, and that, and that he will see everybody he ever loves die. Yeah, you know, and and as as an old man, and that is what's brought up here. What if you lived as thirty or or seventy? Would you like to live forever as as the way you are now? It's better than dying. No, you're wrong, Sam. And it's that typical thing with like vampires, and they sort of touch on it with in interview the vampire with like Kirsten Dunst being a child. Um, but it's like, what if Brad Pitt didn't get bit? when he was sexy 30-year-old Brad Pitt. <laughs> like, what if he was just a 65-year-old man yeah. with, like, not full-blown arthritis, but a little bit of arthritis? <laughs> and um, and, yeah. they, and it's like, oh, it's not ideal. Again, I bet Kevin McCarthy is very glad that he got chosen when he is this dashing 40-year-old. Um, oh, yeah. Hmm. Have you, what are your other immortal? I think a lot of it's sort of linked with vampires and vampirism and, and, and those sorts of movies. Are there any re- representations of um, immortality that stick out to you, Jay, in, in movies and media? There should be. <laughs> um, As a kid, I remember watching Highlander. And Highlander, you haven't seen Highlander. Highlander's mm-hmm. pretty good. But the big thing with Highlander is that there's the middle montage where obviously Queen wrote the songs for Highlander and, and they wrote It's a Can of Magic, which is great. But they also wrote Who Wants to Live Forever for the film Highlander. And there is this painful oh. montage in the middle where he's literally caring for his wife in the Scottish Highlands. No, as... maybe maybe I have seen Highlander. It's great. With Sean Connery. No, yeah, I, I, think, I think I caught a bit of it. Um, uh, Christmas last year on the TV. The um, yeah, and I, I, uh, it's that is the best part of the movie, and um, yeah. all this, and and again, Walter talks touches on it here. I saw my wife and children aging and dying before me, and 
again, because we have a touch of the romanticism, you know, he's like, well, what if I told you I was old enough to know him? And he's talking about Plato. There's this bust of Plato. And again, he's like, oh, you know, that's nice. That's fun. Um, and, and, you know, oh, I knew Plato. Ha, ha, ha. But this is not the story we're telling. And, and, I, and I love that there is a good five minutes where the conversation between Walter and Sam is that of Walter deciding whether he can marry Susanna. Because he is accepting in marrying Susanna 50 great years, touch wood, here's hoping. But also you're going to have to care for her and watch her die. Like, um, and, and, and again, he'll probably have to leave her early so as, he, as he did with, um, with Estelle Winwood, because like at a certain point, you kind of notice you look exactly the same. Again, 45 years, a beautiful movie that I, I adore. And, and, there's a, and there's a woman who fell through the ice in that 45 years ago longer sorry 50 years ago and and he find and they find the corpse and and, and he talks about it and he goes look I, look at me now and he's this old yorkshire man he goes look look at me now and she she look exactly the same as she did all those years ago and i'm and we're all old and it's just like i listened to kirk douglas's autobiography the other day about about spartacus and the epilogue is like this book was really hard to write i don't enjoy getting old I'm like, oh my god! It's just, and I, and I think I've never saw this as a as a like a out and out depressing episode. But then when you said it, it's like, oh no, it is. It's it's absolutely so bleak. It is, and he 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 was a very interesting character Ooh. because he was so bleak with his view on everything. Really, Ooh. like like you don't really get a, a sense. Like the only reason he's alive is because he doesn't have the uh the strength to commit suicide in his words. Yeah. And then I like does he just gets married and eventually leaves them. I don't like there's no like it feels like he's just living for the sake of living. Yeah. He see he seems a bit like emotionally dull. It's unknown. It's, it's it, oh that's the thing and then and then what can power what can break through that the only thing that can love and it's mm -hmm. that and, it, and it, the amount of times the amount of marriages and loves that he's probably had over this century over this uh, period of time since Plato of just knowing you know I can't beat love mm -hmm. look I and yeah I know full well twenty years from now I'm going to have to leave this woman or maybe tell yeah. her the truth and watch her die. There is two options. Leave her or tell her the truth, which she won't believe. Let's just face it. She won't believe it. And then watch her no. die. How yeah. are these choices? And, it, and, it, and it, uh, it's, it's, it's so wonderful. Let's talk about the, the episode itself, The Diary of Major Skelton. Because it starts off, again, with this sort of whimsical, he's the perfect history teacher because he knows every, you know, it, uh, I have the diary of Major Skelton here, uh, which of course is a real diary that he's just stolen or kept for all these years. And he's talking about it and he goes, and, and, and the way he teaches history as if he was there. And you know, the way the kids talk about you, Walter, it's like, it's like you were there. And, 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 and these glimpses and it's like, oh, okay. So this is the episode. And, uh, and then we, we end, nighttime comes and we spend most of the episode here. 
that we see Estelle Winwood, the old woman on the garden, at the very start, she's peering. Mm-hmm. And we sort of forget about her because it's only one glimpse. Or did you, were you constantly like, where is no. that old woman? No. Yeah, I forgot about her. And then I love, you know what I love in this? The tea cozy duster on the on the chess game. To, for the dust and the keeping it all this time. Uh, and, and his big pipe. <laughs> Have you ever been a chess man, Jay? Um, when I was a kid, I played a few times, but I never had like a big phase. Um, previous and future guest Rian Holmes uh, played chess with uh, Ruby. You know Ruby. And yeah. uh, the way that they told it, I came, I came after for a, for a drink or something, I can't remember. Um, I think we were watching Scream. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But the, um, <laughs> uh, and the way that Ruby told it was that uh, Rian won because she kept forgetting about rules. <laughs> and she, she just kept forgetting. And, and by the time that she'd got the pawn all the way to the other side and swapped it for a queen, she was like, what? <laughs> you get your queen back? Because I think because chess is a game where if you forget to tell people rules, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I get my pawn all the way there, then uh, I can have my queen back. You wouldn't believe it because you'd be like, what? You get your queen back? You know what? I'm never playing it with my flatmate. Yeah. Yes, he likes chess, doesn't he? He's a big chess guy. Um, Probably, but I have a feeling that he's probably... Uh, his rule bending when it comes to uh, is very annoying. I recently watched um, Gone Girl for the first time with, with, with my girlfriend. Have you seen Gone Girl, Jay? You, I believe yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, never have I related more to uh, serial murderers on screen than uh, when Amy Dunn is playing the mini golf and they're just playing it and they're just hitting it randomly. And she just goes, are we going to keep score? And and that's me. I would I would most definitely. Well, have you have, have we ever played a game or something, Jay? I mean, you have undoubtedly uh, seen my competitive nature. I am. Yeah. I am a horrible man. We play Cluedo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cluedo. That's another one where uh, we we played it. I we played a goddamn whole game of Cluedo with previous and future guest Ava and somebody else, and it got to the end, and I was like, it's Jay Reef. Why am I making up Cluedo things? Everybody knows Cluedo. It was Colonel Mustard in the in the in the kitchen with a knife, which was what it had to have been from the clues I had been given. And then this woman went, "No, I, I've got the kitchen here." It's like I asked you if you had the kitchen a moment ago, <laughs> and she just didn't understand. Great time, great time. Um, again, the glimpse early on of. Time marches on for some of us. Um, and the big giveaway is this ring. He's kept the ring on this entire time. Would you... Now, the question is, is he stupid or is he just like... Does he keep the ring on in the hope that somebody will maybe click and somebody will understand? Or is it just that the ring is sentimental to, Pardon me, is sentimental to him and is the only thing that he can keep with him through these years? Hmm. It may be I something think, as simple maybe, as just maybe, the sentimentality. Yeah, I think it might be more the sentimentality. And do you think he's? Do you think he's secretly hoping for somebody to figure him out? Um, I mean, if he's lived for this long, I'm sure there must have been some people who have. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think but, it's more so that he has to wait until they come to him. Yeah. Because if he goes to them and says, hi, I've lived forever. Okay. Yeah. Then be. that's not going to, yeah, that's not going to fly. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I, um, yeah, what was I, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so the alchemist story. So the story of how he actually became, um, how he, yeah, how he actually became immortal um, yeah. all these years. Yeah, I thought, I thought that the old woman was going to be the alchemist. Okay, that would have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty terrible. I was uh, like, okay, this is an 80s Stephen King story now. Mm, yes, which is my favourite type. Uh, <laughs> um, it was much. Yeah. Be- it was much better when I realised it was his wife. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been one hell of a goddamn terrible twist. Yeah, I am the alchemist. I have come to get your. You have I lived have... long enough. Yeah, you have lived. <laughs> you have lived too long. You, it's the um, oh my god, make out, live every day as it counts. What's that? Live every day as it counts. Is that fucking about time? Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate about time. I hate <laughs> about time so much. And it's, and, oh, oh Jesus. And, and, and then it creeps in and she comes in. You, you, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it, but I'm, I'm confusing it with It's Wonderful Life when he goes, you're going to throw away God's greatest gift, life. And um, I don't think it is about time. It is about time. But it's something else. Make every day as it can. Live every day. To live every day. So I can hear an old person. To live every day as it counts. Oh, this is going to annoy me for years. Sorry? It's Titanic! Thank you, <laughs> Of course it's Titanic. <laughs> to live every day as it is. It was the old woman voice. I could hear her. I could hear her. It's when yeah. she's talking about Jack. You know, we've got to try. There was a person named Jack Dawson on that ship. And I, because it's from the terrible alternate ending. Have I showed you the alternate ending? Oh my God. How do you know it then? Just my impression of the old lady from Titanic. The, um, this is, Nanori's being our Susie Dent (laughs) in in Titanic corner. Um, Great tangent. Um, It's death that gives life its point. You want to talk about nihilism? Let's talk about that. So it's a rather bleak sentiment that, of course, gives this episode the punch that it, uh, that it has. Yep. Um, I love that it sort of builds up to this thing of three different, the two different ways that he could die now is that he's either going to kill himself or um, the dad's going to kill him. That's the way mm-hmm. it seems to be building. And then we yep. remember, oh, there's that old woman. Yeah. You're, you're Tom Brown, my husband. Why didn't you like this twist? Did you did you not like the twist because you thought it was a different twist? It's not that. I don't know. I, I, I just felt a bit tack on for you. Felt a bit like, oh, we need an ending. Yeah, a little bit. You would have and preferred I, it. Oh, sorry, go on. I think also the... Um... I don't know. Yeah, it just felt like okay, ending. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about the the just the, the wife of it, the wife of it, or 
do you also mean him him turning to dust, him slowly, him finally dying? No, that was fine. Yeah, I think uh, I think I could I could see perhaps a world where the father kills him. You're not ruining my daughter's life. And then he dies, and then he goes to dust. That could work. But also, I like this this like you know we you may be through with the past, but the past ain't through with you. Element of no, the old woman's back. I, I think there's the fortuitous the fortuitous look of it happening on this night at this very moment. Yeah, I think I think it's one of maybe one of the few times where the 25 minute limit for me was a negative. Yeah, yes. I think I think having all of this happening in the same place on the same night kind of was a bit of a drawback. Yeah. Just just for me watching it. No, I agree. Um, I love, and again, those little things, suddenly he's afraid of death. Yeah. You know, he, he's been talking about, I want to die, but I'm too kind, you know, and finally somebody's going to kill him and he's afraid of death in that moment, as, as aren't we all. And in that moment, immediately he's like, oh no, this is why I wanted to be immortal. Um, Tommy, it's wrong. You can't go on hurting people. Um, a moment for me that just doesn't work is Estelle Winwood just stood on the porch yeah, and then it comes up. Are you okay? And then she scuttles off. <laughs> it just doesn't work at all. It's, it's just ridiculous. Why is she? Why did they even shoot that? I, um, yeah, so I this felt like is, it was a oh, bit of a fever dream after he was shot. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy's transformation from a middle-aged man to an old man on screen without any cutaways, as accomplished well in, in the first part, uh, was accomplished by applying red-coloured age makeup to McCarthy's face and then lighting the set with red key lights which disguised the age makeup. As the scene progressed, the red key lights were gradually replaced with green lighting, a change imperceptible to the black and white film in which the scene was shot, but which made McCarthy's face appear to age spontaneously, something that normally couldn't be done with early 1960s technology without taking the camera off the actor for at least a brief cutaway. So uh, quite, a, quite a revolutionary piece of effects either. And then, and then suddenly, and then the cutaways start and he's getting older and older and then, Nothing lasts forever, thank God. You, you know, and and the the horror of these final moments. And then he's dust. Yeah. Bad job by the dad. Where's Walter? He's dust. And Susanna doesn't have any questions. No. Less stuff. Yeah. It's definitely the last few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. You just need her, Susanna, to run in and be like, oh my God. Ah, maybe a scream. Yeah. And the father going, what happened? And, and, and the father saying something, you'll never understand. I don't think I ever will. There. Yeah, Rod Serling. Fuck you. I'm a better writer than you, Rod Serling. Yeah. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding, Rod. I, I love you with all my heart. You are my, one of my greatest inspirations. I can't believe you've done this. Last up in a long journey, as yet another human being returns to the best nothingness that is the beginning and into the dust that is always the end. Uh, lovely. Both, but weirdly, the last two episodes we've done don't end with the Twilight Zone. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's two really, here's one kind of sad fact and one here's, and here's one uh, very sad fact. Actor Kevin McCarthy occasionally cited his performance in this episode uh, as seemingly having some have come true in his own life as he remained in good health 
and continued to act while out, while out, oh my God, whilst outliving most of his family and colleagues as he approached the age of 100. McCarthy died September 11th, 2010, at the age of 96, having earned an acting credit as late as the year he died, more than 50 years after the episode was produced. Well, uh, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> Do you want to hear a sad irony? Yeah. Obviously, Charles Bowman had Alzheimer's, dying at the age of 38. Uh, his son, Christopher, noted, he looks 95 and was, in fact, 95 by every calendar except the one on your watch. That was like a Twilight Zone quote. <laughs> and his yeah, lifelong... <laughs> every calendar except the one on your watch. And then his lifelong best friend, William F. Nolan, further remarked, like his character, Walter Jameson, Chuck just dusted away. If you write my eulogy, Jay, don't say that. Yeah, I definitely won't. <laughs> yeah. Tom just dusted away. What? Imagine yeah. the di- imagine yeah. the shrieking wife going, Wait, what? Were you just dusted <laughs> away? That's horrible. <laughs> and then he goes, right. No, it's like the episode. What episode? <laughs> Oh my god. What the hell are you talking about? Um let's do some ranking. Um it's not for it's better than in praise of Pip. Yeah. I don't think is it better than Where is Everybody? I, I'd go Where is Everybody? Pilot episode where he's alone in the town and then it turns out he's in the depravement chamber. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh it's definitely not better than Nightmare at 20,000 feet. It's just a question of no. whether it's whether it's above In Praise of Pip or whether it's above Where Is Everybody. No, I'd put it below. Yeah. I'd put it below. So it's better than In Praise of Pip, though. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> you hated In Praise of Pip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was this episode called? Long Live Walter Jameson. Um, okay, we have two episodes left uh, before this first block of 10 ends. And then we'll do another block of 10 uh, in the future. Don't you worry, Twilight Zone fans. Uh, the next two, our final two, will be People Are Alike All Over, another one from Series 1, a great episode, and Perchance to Dream, which I, is that also from is that also from Series 1? Have I done three Series 1 episodes back to back? Who knows? I think it is. I think it is. Um, three, uh, two great episodes. Very excited to talk about them. Um, Jay, <laughs> don't know what that was. Uh, Jay, um, 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 I don't know what any of this is. Uh, Jay, long live Jay Reef. Uh, 